Hey there, Koejo here, and I understand that running your own Facebook ads can be quite complicated and intimidating, and yet, at this point, you're not ready to hire out Facebook ad management. So, if this is you, I can teach you how to run your own Facebook ads. One-on-one, -on -one, unlimited support over the next 28 days. We will have three Zoom calls, and in between those calls, you get all the support and all my strategies I will audit your graphics, your ad copy, make sure that you're set up the way that's working best for my clients. We'll take care of all the analytics. I will coach you step by step how to troubleshoot ads, how to know when to scale, and how to read all the signs so that you're equipped to run successful lead magnet campaigns and profitable sales campaigns and registration campaigns for your launch or what have you. If you need this kind of support from me right now, then click the link in the show notes below. It's the art of online business forward slash call. I've been doing this all along, but now the offer is just focused on helping you run your successful ad campaign within the next 28 days and the next five people get a pretty nice discount. All right, the link is in the show notes below. Back to the episode. I would say to them, this is the best opportunity you've ever had. So get as much experience as you can, as fast as you can, because it's not a matter of if it's going to work, it's a matter of when. What do you get when you combine simplified digital marketing, proven ROI strategies, and Metallica blasting from his headphones? You get Rick Moore ready, of course. So strap in, grab your bulletproof coffee, and get ready, because this is the art of pay traffic. Here's Rick. Hey, hey, welcome back to the Art of Pay Traffic podcast, my friend. How's it going? Thank you so much for coming to hang out with me today. Really appreciate it. This is episode number 197, and I'm your host, Rick Mulready, and I'm here to simplify online marketing strategies for you so that you can scale and create consistent income and freedom in your business, because that's what it's all about, right? Now, before you jump into today's episode with Salome Shillak, I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you for all the kind words and congratulations about my announcement uh, last episode that my wife is pregnant with our first child. We're going to have a, a baby girl later this year. And so I just want to thank you for all the outreach and, and the kind words I've been getting uh, via email, via uh, Twitter, via uh, Instagram DM, messaging on Facebook. Really appreciate it. And uh, thank you so much for that. Also, I want to thank you for being such awesome listeners. I continue to hear from guests that I have here on the show how amazed they are at the outreach that they receive from you after being on the show. I've had several of them, in fact, who have been guests on a lot of other podcasts. They say they've never heard from more people than when they've been on uh, AOPT, and that's all because of you, and I really appreciate you supporting my guests that I bring on to the show here and for listening week in and week out. So thank you so much. I don't take this lightly. It means a ton to me, all the support that uh, you provide and you give. Um, I had one recent guest reach out and he said, holy cow, Rick, I've been on a lot of other shows and never before have I gotten and, and gotten so much outreach and heard from so many uh, listeners of a podcast. So Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. All right. On today's show, I'm joined by my good friend, Salome Shillak. And Salome is a return guest here in the podcast. 
and she was a guest back on uh, episode 163. And Salome manages Facebook ads for online coaches and course creators who are having a positive impact on the world. That's what her niche is. Salome is also a coach, by the way, in my Accelerator group coaching program. She's our primary coach in uh, the Accelerator. And over the past seven months or so, her Facebook ads business has changed a lot. She quit her day job in December. So December 2017, she left her full-time day job to focus on her Facebook ads business full-time. And you're going to hear all about the ups and downs and significant mindset shifts that she's gone through to make her business a big-time success where it is today. So let me also shares her journey to owning her knowledge and understanding that she is good enough. I hear from a lot of Facebook ads managers that, you know, things like, who am I to be managing Facebook ads for other businesses? And, you know, kind of just, I'm just getting started out or I, I don't feel like I'm the quote unquote expert. Well, you're going to hear Salome's uh, point of view on all that. And also the struggles that she had to overcome to arrive at the place that she is at now with her Facebook ads business. What I love about what Salome's doing too, is she's building her business on her own terms and in the process, helping so many others make a difference in their world, you know, and to be completely transparent and authentic with you about why I love working with ad managers, selfishly speaking, not only do I get to, I call this the ripple effect. Not only do do I get to help the ad manager grow their business and thus have a better life, which I can do very, very quickly. Well, I'm also indirectly helping all those ad managers clients as well. Okay. So I'm helping the ad manager grow their business. And that ad manager is in turn helping their clients grow their businesses. So this ripple effect is me helping the ad manager who is also helping all these other all these other people in the world, which I love. And I'm so proud of what Salome has built and continues to build. And I'm really excited to see where she takes everything next in her business. So on the show today, you're going to learn about the need to niche down. I talk about this a lot here in the podcast and why it's so important to truly identify who that ideal client is for you that you want to work with. We get into how Salome discovered the exact client that she wanted to work with and why the description of her ideal client now always starts with the person's values. I love that. We get into the ways that she was able to build her confidence and own the fact that she's good enough to be doing the work that she does. We talk about despite all the internal work that she does, why external feedback from the right people is still very much necessary for her as with most of us, right? We talk about the consequences of not putting up boundaries when working with clients, what money beliefs Salome discovered that she was still holding on to, and the big realization that she came to around these money beliefs, how she opened up and embraced the fact that growth isn't always predictable, both on a personal level and in the business. We talk about Salome's advice for any Facebook ads manager who is struggling to create the type of business that they want. We talk about a concept that I like to call swagger and why Facebook ad managers got to have swagger and how you can get it. And we get into a whole bunch more today. But before we jump into it with Salome, if you are managing Facebook ads for other people or you're looking to start a Facebook ads business managing Facebook ads for other people, got a really important question for you. Are you ready to stop selling while confidently growing your Facebook ads business? I'm so excited about a brand new training I've got coming up for you where I'm going to be teaching you all about how to effortlessly attract high quality clients 
while not having to sell. And that is not some sales lingo there. That is what I'm going to be teaching you because that is what and how I teach ad vendors to grow their business. And this training kicks off on July 24th. And leading up to that training, if you are managing Facebook ads for other people, or you're looking to start a Facebook ads business, then I want to invite you to join the free FB ad manager pop-up Facebook group that I've created, where I'm going to be sharing strategies and content over the next several weeks in that Facebook group. And you're also going to be first in line for this free business transforming training that I'm kicking off on July 24th. Really excited about this. So if you'd like to join the Facebook group as somebody who's managing Facebook ads for other people or looking to start that Facebook ads business, go to the link rickmulready.com forward slash FB group. Again, it's rickmulready.com forward slash FB group. That'll kick you right to that free Facebook group that you can join. All right, my friend, without further ado, let's go hang out with Salome Shillak. Salome, welcome back to the podcast. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you, Rick. Thank you so much for having me back. Absolutely. So I just looked right before we started uh, chatting here. Episode 163 back in November of 2017 was the last time you were on the show here. So that's like... It's like seven months ago. That's seven months ago. And you know what? When we recorded that show, I was in a small town, country town, where I had to travel to for my day job. And That's now right. I'm sitting in my <laughs> own office. <laughs> so a lot has changed since, uh, since then. So why don't we catch people up? Uh, yeah. Give people, you know, for all of our new listeners here and for those people who have listened to that show, but also need a little refresher on who you are and what you do. Why don't you share uh, that information and also kind of what's changed over the past seven months for you? Yeah, well, a lot has changed. So seven months ago, I was still working my day job and hustling my behind off uh, on the side to try to get this Facebook ads agency up and running. And then in December, at the end of December, I quit my job. I had a steady stream of leads coming in. And I, you know, I was at that point where I remember saying to my husband, I had two clients at that point. I was making $1,500 a month Mm -hmm. off of two clients at that point. And I remember saying to my husband, I would need to have at least four clients in the bank to quit my job, but I don't know how I can service four clients while doing my job and my side hustle. Like it's going to be so tough growing it to that point. So I didn't know it was like kind of this catch 22. At what point do I quit? And then, I mean, you know, I I came to Amy Porterfield's B-School event and Mm -hmm. I signed up a few clients there. And then Mm -hmm. I had sort of a steady stream of leads. So it wasn't all like written in the stars when I quit my job, but I could see it. I could kind of see it's, you know, it's happening. Something has shifted. And so I just took the plunge and I quit in December and I've been uh, running my Facebook ads agency successfully, touch wood, since then. So much I want to dive into there. Yeah. Now, before quitting your job, and yeah. we had talked about this back in episode 163. So again, that was in November. And about four or five weeks later, you ended up quitting your job. Yeah. Did you put, you know, did you have a deadline in mind? Did you have a goal in mind? Like, I want to, yeah. I want to leave that you said, cause you said you had two clients, you were doing about $1,500 a month between those two clients in that's the revenue that you were bringing in. Yeah. yeah. Did you kind of have a goal? Like, you know what? I want to, you know, have this business set up such that I'm comfortable leaving the day job by X date. Yeah, I did. My deadline was Valentine's day, 2018. 
and I quit what about six weeks before that. So. Do you do you think that actually before we get to that, share with people what your niche is because I talk a lot, okay. you know, about uh, just in general and also here in the podcast quite a bit about niching down as an ads manager. The importance of niching down that once you niche down and if you want to grow your business, mm-hmm. that is the quickest way for you to grow that business by niching down and be in serving one type of client. So who do you serve in your business? So I serve coaches and online course creators who are making a difference in the world. I'm, I'm starting to think of them as miracle workers. You know, I'm starting to, that's kind of the term that I'm coming up with now or playing with now, but it's, it's coaches and online course creators. So nine out of 10 times they're launching using either webinars or five day challenges. Um, and they're, you know, they're building their list throughout the year. They've got affiliate promotions in place, but mainly they're whatever it is that they deliver works towards making the world a better place and serving other people and helping people with whatever the knowledge is that they have. I love that. And it took you a while to get to there. It did. Yes, you, it did. It took you a while because you you worked with a lot of different niches and a lot yes. of different types of businesses. Can you talk a little bit about that journey to get you to that point where you can confidently say, just like you just did, who you work with and why you work with them? Yeah. So when I started my business, I was like, I will work with anyone. If someone wants to work with me, I'm happy to work with them. And it was just that like sort of almost like a desperate mindset, you know, this sort of just, just, can I just please run your ads? I'm willing to run your ads. And I worked with real estate agents. I worked with financial services providers. And on the last podcast episode, I spoke about the financial services provider that I had to refund his money because I didn't Mm -hmm. know how to get him results. So, and then, and I even signed up a client that I sold jewelry for online and she was like spending a hundred dollars a month and yeah, it didn't go really well. So, (laughs) so (laughs) it was just sort of this coming from this desperate place of, I will work with anyone who's willing to have me. And seeing what a disaster that is and learning that lesson repeatedly. And, you know, if we don't learn the right lesson the first time, we're, it's going to present itself again and again. And so so why did. were you working from that place, though? Why were you working from that desperation place? Like, I have to work with anybody oh, who's okay. willing to work with me and I can take on. And But you quickly found out that that was not, you know, yeah. a sustainable strategy. Yeah. Well, I think if I have to be really honest, I think it's because you know, hindsight is twenty twenty because I didn't believe in myself. Mm. I I was still coming from a place of I need validation and I need someone. I was in a place where I didn't back myself enough to say, well, hang on, this is what I enjoy doing and I'm going to own that. And this is what I'm good at doing and this is what I know. It's kind of like I didn't know what I know and I had to learn that I do know what I know, you know, if that makes sense. And I had to see that, no, hang on. Well, the coaches are the ones that get the results when I work with them because that's what I'm passionate about. I started my business as a coaching business and I had to go, no, I am, I have to say no to these people. And I started just, you know, when someone approached me and they did not fit the mold, I had to say no. And it hurt, it hurt badly, but I had to learn to do that in order to sign up the right clients that we're going to get results. And, you know, and even that process of learning that is like an onion that you peel and you learn who your ideal client is and what you like about working with them 
on one level and then, you know, you've got to learn it on the next level again. And as you grow, you learn it over and over and over. But that gets me, that progressively got me to the point where I am now, where I have this niche to the point where I now have, you know, I have a description of my ideal client and it starts with their values. Yeah. And it starts with who they are as people. And I can pretty quickly tell from how they fill out the application form, um, you know, who they are as people and what their values are. And I've created it that way on purpose so that I can eliminate people that I can see are going to be nightmare clients. So, so yeah, so now my, like my first criteria is who are you as a person? What are your values? And does it match with my values? And then, okay, are you a coach? How are you running your business? What are you doing in the world? And then, okay, what are you launching? What are we running ads to? But that's been a process and it's been a process of believing in myself and, you know, owning the knowledge that I have, because I think it's easy for, for anyone to get stuck on what we don't yet know. Mm-hmm. And we forget what we've already learned. Oh, yeah, for sure. And because we're so close to it, right? We're so close yeah. to our own stuff every single day that we often lose sight of how like the, the greatness that we have and whatever we're working yeah. on. Whereas yeah. we take so much for granted that uh, yet other, you know, other, somebody else looks at that and says, Whoa, like, that's really cool. And you're like, really? Yeah. You're like, you're like, yeah. this is so easy for me. So yes. you mentioned yes. that you didn't have that, you know, that confidence. Mm-hmm. I want to kind of dig into that a little bit because that's something that comes up a lot for, you know, for prospective ad managers or for ad managers who are just kind of starting out, maybe they do have a couple of clients and they're, you know, they're at that struggling point where they're trying to grow and they're, they're lacking Mm -hmm. that confidence. So for you, was that lack of confidence coming from just sort of an inner place about Mm -hmm. yourself or, or maybe it's, and was -hmm. it coming from a place of, I'm not confident in my Facebook ad skills that I can Mm -hmm. get somebody results? What did that look like? Rick, I think it's both. I think there's an inner, I'm not good enough. The whole imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. but like thing that we, a lot of us carry with us. And I am always on a journey of making even more peace with my inner imposter syndrome, you know, and it's a journey that I own. And it's a journey that I freely speak about because so many people have that. But there was a point where I realized that at some point I'm just like internally going to have to decide that I am worthy. And then learning to separate that internal worthiness with external evidence, you know, Mm -hmm. it's two different things. It's two completely different things, but we confuse them. We think I'm not good at Facebook ads, so therefore I am not worthy. Or that I'm a failure as a person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like for me, that journey was separating the two things and going, first of all, I have to decide that I am worthy because I am. Yep. And then I can look at my skills and go, okay, because if I don't decide as a person that I am worthy, then I am never going to feel good about my skills. And I am never going to see my skills in context of, you know, what they are in reality. So in other words, I won't be able to see that what I know about Facebook ads is far more than this client that I'm signing up for free so that I can get results, you know? Yep. 
And so then, so you learn this inner worthiness, but then once you've got the inner worthiness, once you can kind of say, well, I am worthy, then you can look at the external results and go, right, what do I need to do to get the external results? Because external results are important too. You do need to have a testimonial sure. in order to go and get another client. Yeah. So that, that stuff matters, but, but you got to need, like I learned to separate the two things and look at them for what they are. So I want to break each of those things down there because I think it's so important for to dive into this because again, so many people struggle with this, these both these things, but they don't really realize how you've just broken it down, Salome, is is exactly what like I'm so glad you broke it down like that. Because a lot of people mm. don't realize that their lack of confidence is kind of like that two-sided thing like you just mentioned. Yeah. How did yeah. Wh- what did that look like? What did that process look like for you to go through to agree with yourself? And be okay with, you know what? I am worthy. I am mm. enough to do this. I am, you know, and sort of lose that imposter syndrome. Oh, goodness. I think that journey for me started with my business filing for two and a half years. Mm-hmm. And before I started my business, I was the number one sales rep in the pharmaceutical company that I worked for. I won trips to Paris and trips to the Great Barrier Reef. And I, like I was told how good I am daily. And like I was just coming from this absolute ego-based place and failing at the business for two and a half years, that kind of has a way of knocking you to the ground. Like I tried getting the business up and running for two and a half years to the point where I racked up $40,000 of debt and made the decision to then go back to the day job. But at the same time, I realized that no amount of force or effort or hustle or you know, my own relying on my own smarts is not going to get me there. And I just got to this point where I went, the only thing that's going to get me there is gratitude, humility, and showing up from a place of servanthood. Mm-hmm. And that was huge for me. And I remember this is going back now about 18 months. I read um, Pam Grout's book on gratitude. I think it's E-cubed is the book. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. Yep. I read it and I started this gratitude practice, you know, where she talks about it's not just a, an attitude of gratitude. It's about actually like doing it, feeling it. And, and coming from that place has made such a difference in who I'm attracting into my life and what they're putting on, you know, what they're putting in. Like I had a client last year who's now one of my best friends. And when we, like when we finished running her webinar, the praise that she gave me, like I, while I was running her webinar, I was so insecure. And I was like, what am I doing? What am I doing? I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm showing up from a place of, I'm going to bring my best and I'm going to give her my best. And I'm going to be grateful for what she brings to me. And when we finished working, like she just, I bawled my eyes out when she started telling me what a great experience it was working with me. Because I was like, what? <laughs> it was? Yeah. And then hearing someone else say that kind of made me go, well, maybe, you know, maybe I should just back myself a little bit more here. If this smart, really intelligent, confident, successful business owner tells me I'm good enough, then maybe there's something there. And then I started listening for it. And I started hearing it from mm. other people as well. And, I, and, and that external feedback that's important for the internal feedback as well. Sure. But also the internal journey of going on this journey of figuring out that, 
you know, we are all part of a bigger universe and like I am here to serve and I am just a conduit for this to happen. And so whether I feel I'm worthy or not, this is going to, it's going to happen. And the sooner I can come to terms with my own worthiness, the sooner I can get out of my way to help more people create more success help other people reach more people so that they can impact the world in a bigger place. So it's all just sort of, I know the more I can get out of my own way and the more I can come more from a place of love and gratitude rather than fear and lack, the better this will flow. And I'm really experiencing that at the moment. Now, when you, cause I know that you were shifting there, like everything you just mentioned there and thank you for breaking it down like that. That was, I'm so glad you went there on so many different levels when mm. You went to Amy Porterfield's event. So she had her B-School bonus day in December here in San Diego. Yes. And you told me, you're like, I'm coming across, I'm going to fly across, halfway <laughs> across the world from Australia to be at that event. I had noticed you were shifting in that way already. I, yeah. I don't think you were there. I don't think you're where you are right now, which we're going to get to. Yeah. I don't think you were there at that point, but you mm-hmm. had sort of gotten over some of those big hurdles to get to that point in a much better place in your head. Yeah. Then you, then you show up, you know, you show up at Amy's event, which is a mm-hmm. huge investment on your part, not only from a financial investment, because you're coming across from Australia, coming mm-hmm. halfway across the world, a huge time investment too, right? Like your travel, what's the, tra- what's the travel like 36 hours or something crazy? It's, it's 30 hours. Door 30. To door. Okay. So you're yeah. tr- like 60 hours total round trip travel, Plus you get here, plus it's, you know, jet lag and all that stuff. And then you're here for the event Mm -hmm. and everything. So you make the effort to come over. And I felt that was a, that, that was another big shift in your business because you made the effort to connect. You identified that, Mm -hmm. you know what, these are the people that I want to serve. Like, like you, like you've been talking about here, here's an event where many of these types of people congregate and come to. Mm I'm going to spend my time and, and effort to come here, show up, coming mm. from a place of what you just what you just started talking about there, and see mm. what kind of connections that you could make. And if I'm not mistaken, you left that event with what three or four new clients. I left. I I had two contracts signed. Two contracts signed. Left, yeah, when I left the event. But you know what? I didn't come there to sign contracts with people. Like I can be very stubborn if I want to be. There was a part of me that just. I wanted to be in the room with the people who are doing it mm-hmm. because I had sat behind my computer for long enough. You know, it's, I thought that I had tried the non face to face way for long enough and I was ready to get in the room. It was just for me, it was not about, am I going to get clients? It was about, can I just be in a place with like-minded people, with my tribe, my people, my friends, my family. I feel like some of those women that I met in that group are like family. I just want to be surrounded by people who are going through the same struggle, Mm -hmm. people who are also smart, also confident, also, you know, knows a few things about marketing and who are also on this journey trying to make it work. And then, of course, and there was the like the reason I bought it was to 
have like face to face eyeball to eyeball with you and Amy. <laughs> and like that was honestly when I bought B school, I was like, I'm gonna be in the room with you guys. And a funny story was I remember sending Justin an email saying, Hey, I'm coming over. Do you think I can have coffee with Rick? And Justin was like, he sent me an email back. He's like, uh, Rick doesn't have coffee with these students. <laughs> and I was like, Yeah. I'm going to have coffee with Rick. <laughs> and then a week or so later, Justin emailed me and said, uh, yeah, okay, you can meet Rick for like a few minutes before the event. <laughs> it's not It's not that I don't have coffee with my students. It's just like, if that, I, yeah. I love to do that whenever I possibly can. I just, yeah. you know, from yeah. from my time purpose, I, I just you no, know, I can't always do that. But, but, but you, yes. But, but, but like for me to go, oh, hell, I'm going to put myself out there and reach out. Sure. Put the invitation out there. That was mm-hmm. a huge thing. That was like, but I was like, I'm coming all the way across the world. I'm going to meet these people. I'm going to have eyeball to eyeball. So yeah. it was just it was just about having that human connection with people who are in the same space as me because up until that moment, that entire world kind of almost existed in my mind. Sure. Because it existed on the other side of my computer screen. And on the other side of the world. <laughs> Literally. Literally on the other side of the world. So it was like this, you know, what pigment of my imagination. And then I get there and I go, no, this is real. <laughs> I think I think that was, you know, I see that as a huge pivotal moment in your business. You know, for sure. You reached out. We, we don't. We we ended up meeting up. So you mm. you made that effort. You're like, you know, I, I'm I'm coming halfway across the world. I'm going to make this happen. Mm. And yeah, sure. you know, we did meet up for coffee. Obviously, we knew each other at that point. But mm. you know, mm. you were very clear on what you were trying to build at that point. And so I get to take that information. And yeah. here you are going to be, you know, starting the next day at Amy's event. So mm. what do I do? I reach out to Amy mm-hmm. to let her mm. know that you're mm-hmm. going to be there and blah, blah, blah. And we're always looking for, you know, amazing ad managers to refer people to. So I want to give her a heads up. I said, hey, make sure that you, you know, you, you take a couple of minutes over the next couple of days to meet Salome while she's here. You know, I, and I gave her, you know, quick story and she said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and I know that you mm-hmm. guys had that opportunity to do yeah. that. And so yes. I think that, and now, and, and from there, I know that, you know, she's referring clients to you. Aren't you helping her out with one of her Facebook groups? Yes. Yes. So she invited me after that. She invited me to show up every day in her Facebook group, her insiders club, where all of her paid members are in to answer their yeah. Facebook ads questions. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, when, when that happened, that I mean, mm-hmm. talk about imposter syndrome that just brought up a whole new layer of imposter syndrome that I also had to at some point go, well, now, hang on. I am good enough to answer these people's questions. I know enough. But, you know, it was, again, it was a journey. That was a journey too. going, oh, well, I'm not the smartest person in the group. Who am I to be answering their Facebook questions? But just, again, showing up with gratitude, showing up with servanthood, taking the plunge, accepting that I'm not going to be the smartest person always. And there are other people who might have incredible ideas that would be just as valuable or even more valuable but just showing up with gratitude and servanthood and doing my thing and then getting to a point where I go, well, you know what? Hang on. I am good enough to do this. 
Yeah. And now I'm just now I'm just like I own it and I love it. And, and it's and and I want to I work because we're going to get to this whole concept of swagger that you and I talk quite, yeah. quite a bit about. But mm-hmm. it's that imposter syndrome that am, am who am I good enough to be you know to be doing X Y or Z? And from an ads manager perspective, I hear that a lot from ads managers yeah. who especially when they're just starting out, you know, they're like, who am I to be, you know, managing this business's ads? And, you know, it's what you just said, as long as you know a little bit more than that person that you're helping, Mm -hmm. then you have a ton of value to offer that person. Are you always going to be, you know, the smartest person in the room? No. But if you are working with a business who really doesn't Mm -hmm. know what they're talking about or doing what what they're doing Mm -hmm. when it comes to Facebook ads and growing their business and leads and sales and so forth. And you know, more than them, you are the expert, you know, and I say expert in, in quotes because you know, that, that word gets thrown around a lot, you know, more than them. So you are the expert to them. Yeah. And And there's no shame in saying, I don't know. You know, it's, if you come to a business and you say, Hey, I have this, this newly learned skill and I want to apply it and I'm going to help you guys. You know, if that business isn't ready for you because maybe you don't understand their business model or that's fine. That's fine, too. Like it's kind of we, we need to let go of this need to be right. You know, we mm-hmm. just you show up with what you have. You back yourself. You believe in yourself. You are good enough to do it. And then if it's not a match, it's not a match. And that's not a reflection on how good or bad you are. It's just a reflection of where you are in the journey. Yeah. But but you first have to believe you are good enough and then you take the skills that you have and you go and find a business that is a good match for you and you again show up with them from a place of servanthood and gratitude and bring your best and back yourself and if you mess up you own it as well you know and you just that's how you just got to put one foot in front of the other one 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 until you start building this external the, the external evidence starts to snowball at some point but based still, on that internal work that you're doing that you're talking yes, about. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, exactly. so here, we're in the middle of June, 2018 right now, as we're recording this and yeah. a lot has even changed in your business since then oh, over yes. the, over the first part of the year here, the first half of the year. So yeah. talk about some of those things that, because I know you've gone through where you were working, you know, some, some clients that just kind of didn't light you up as much as other ones did. Talk about sort of, you know, we're talking a lot about evolution here and sort of peeling back the layers and you're continuing to evolve and new things come up just like we just as we always do, you know, regardless of what type of business that we're running here, you know, we're always evolving. New things are coming up and we're learning things and we're growing. So talk about, you know, these this first half of 2018, because, again, I know you've gone through some periods where you're like, you know what, I'm not as happy as I really want to be and is certainly not as happy as I know you are right now in your business. Yeah. Yeah. So January, February, March, and it, you know, January and February, I think I remember seeing days where I sat behind my computer for 14 hours in a day. And, um, that was because I signed up clients that was not like, they were not my ideal match. And that's where, that's where the values thing comes in. Like that's where I learned. I need to start with what their values are. I need to start with people who respect my boundaries. But I signed these clients up because I had just quit my job. So, you know, there was a ton of fear that came with that. And Mm -hmm. as long as they were coaches or they were selling some kind of online courses or things, I was like, yes, we're working together. Didn't check the whole values, personality match, those sorts of things. Uh, And I'm incredibly grateful 
for having had the experience and I'm incredibly grateful that I was able to work with these clients. It was a good, it was, you know, looking back on it, I go, yes, that's exactly the lessons I needed to learn. But working 14 hours a day and needing to go to my chiropractor three times a week was not fun. And by March, it got to a point where I was just like, hell no, I have to set some boundaries. And I did start setting boundaries. And as a result of setting boundaries, I lost the client you know, and it was a big client and I lost the client and just going through that journey of like kind of wondering, is this a good thing? Is this not a good thing? And and I had advice from people telling me, you know, you got to let that client go because it's sucking the life out of you. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, yeah, but I can't afford to let the client go. Like, what am I going to do? You know, to get to a point where I just, I, I, I had a conversation with one client and I said, I think we have to part ways. And this client was, you know, this client said that they, they didn't want that to happen, that it was very important that we work together. And so I caved again, like didn't have that boundary very clearly. Like I was like, okay, but we need to put these boundaries in place if it's going to work. And two weeks later, of course, having set the boundaries, then the client let me know that this isn't going to work. I want to interrupt real quick on that. First of all, can you, and you don't have to be very specific, but can you kind of define what you mean by boundaries in this instance here? Seven Voxer messages on a Sunday night at 9 p.m. <laughs> okay. Okay. So basically like commu- yeah. like when they were able to communicate with you and respect, yeah. respecting, respecting that. Yeah. Being okay. respectful with their communication of me. And, and you know, this is, and that it's a, it's a result of other areas in that business that wasn't flowing well so Mm -hmm. you know there's so it's not like this person is just being rude right there were factors contributing to this sort of um, communication being a little bit frantic but still you know i mean sunday night 9 p.m I'm not going to reply to your message, yeah. <laughs> no matter who you are. Now, and, uh, and once you had those boundaries there, you said before that, you said, you know, prior to the two weeks there, you had that conversation where things were not working for you. We had that yeah. conversation. They yeah. were like, no, 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 I want to continue. And you kind of caved. Yeah. From where was that caving come from? Like, was it fe- out of fear? fear like, fear, yeah. I'm fear. not going to be, able, okay. I'm losing this revenue. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Okay. It was, it was giving up a sure thing. So it was, this was a sure thing. Sure thing in, client, in, the, in the way of like revenue? In revenue. And, and because this client was so passionate about, you know, no, you know, I love what you do. We, you know, I need you in my business right now. That sort of, and, and I, I caved and I was like, okay, sure. Let's do this a little bit longer. I changed the terms that we were working mm-hmm. on so that it works better for me. But I still felt, I knew in that moment I had just not respected my own boundaries by agreeing to continue. And two weeks later, me having put the boundaries in place, then didn't work for the client anymore. Got it. What was that? What was that like? Because that's always a big fear of you have a client that is just draining the life out of you. And I'm not saying this necessarily this was the case. I'm just saying in general, mm-hmm. I hear this a lot yeah. from, from yeah. ad managers, especially when they're, you know, in the very early part of their business, that mm-hmm. they've got a client that's draining life out of them. They're afraid to let that client go. Yet time and time again, when, you know, I'm, you know, coaching that person, let's say mm-hmm. on let, letting that person go, that mm-hmm. when you do that, although it's very fearful to do that, it's going to free up the energy and the space to bring in somebody mm-hmm. or a, a business or whatever that does fit yeah. in, 
into what you want, who you want to work with and what you, you know, and what you want that to look like and that energizes you. Yeah. Talk about it's it's really scary, but I've seen mm-hmm. I really truly can't think of a time where that hasn't been the case. Where yeah. there is the there's been that fear, they do let that client go, and then boom, in comes, mm-hmm. you know, if not one, multiple people to come in and fill that space with a yeah. uh, you know, that that's much more energizing. Can you talk a little bit about that? Well- well, the, the funny thing is, before this client let me know that they're not, they're going to cancel the contract, I thought I was okay with, like, I thought I was in a good place with my money mindset and that stuff. I thought, no, no, I'm in a good place because the money's coming in, you know. But the fear-based place that I was in, in the January, February, March, this sort of this big change that had happened for me, when that client gave me notice I was okay with it for 24 hours and then I collapsed. I completely collapsed. Had a little mini breakdown moment, like I need to go lie down moment. Mm-hmm. And I bawled my eyes out. And I remember I remember talking to you about it and you said, what is the money belief that I have that is making me f- react this way? And immediately it came up to me that this money mindset issue that I have is I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. Because I believe that money comes and goes. And it comes from my childhood, from being raised. I, you know, I was raised upper middle class. Like we never lacked anything. And when I was a teenager, my dad lost a business. And our financial situation got progressively worse from about the age of 14 until to the point where when I went to uni, I paid for my own uni. I studied part time and I paid for it myself. Mm. Um, so I kind of had this belief that money comes and goes. Which means that when I'm in financial trouble, I get through it like a champ because I always believe, you know, like I always know it's coming again. Yep. But when it comes, I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. Yeah. So when this, that moment was my shoe drop moment, I went, oh, the shoe is dropping. The money's going again. It just came in and now it's going again. And just identifying that and being able to go, well, is that really true? Or is that just a belief that I have? And, and then the next level to that is, okay, how do I change this? And I realized another belief that I had was, it's hard to change beliefs. I went, oh, well, you know, in order for me to change this belief, I'm going to have to buy at least a $1,000 program of somebody (laughs) who retrains your brain. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. And spend spend hours in meditation and, you know, and then just hope that my mind is going to change. And I went, no, hang on. That's another false belief. Yeah. Like beliefs are just beliefs. They're all made up. And if I want a new belief, I can just make up a new one. And if I can make it up and I can feel it in my body and I can feel it in my mind, and then I just wait for the evidence of that to show up. And so I had this moment where I went, no, money comes and comes. It comes and mm. comes and comes and comes. And I become a conduit for it to flow through. And as soon as I made that shift, I went like, okay, now I'm cool with this client leaving because the money's going to come and come. And you know what happened right after that? <laughs> I had two other clients pull out on me yeah. for like not like like for completely other reasons for reasons that had nothing to do with like it's it's all business decisions for them. Sure. I went, oh, okay, so this is really going to be a test for me here, but I just kept on with this. Money comes and comes, and it's going to come. And in the same month that the three clients that are, that those three clients finished up with me. I signed up four new clients at a higher rate and had the best month. May was the best month I've had this year. And so I have this now. I'm like, it's almost amusing. Like I look at it and I go, 
this is going to be such a fun game to believe money comes and comes because I can't wait to see where it comes from, you know, where and, it comes from next. And you had this also during this whole process. Thank you for breaking that down and being so open about that process. You had this belief that you only wanted a certain number of clients yeah. at a certain level of, you know, what you were charging. And yes. that was like, that was locked into your mind. Yeah. Rather than looking at it from the perspective of, you know, this is the kind of revenue I want to be making. Mm. And it could come in in any fashion. <laughs> like maybe, <laughs> maybe it's eight clients rather yeah. than four who are, you know, making up that revenue, my goal revenue for the, for each month, but they're the easiest eight, cl eight clients than I could ever, that I could ever ask for. Yeah. Talk a little bit about that. Yes. I had a little holiday in, I think it was in March, like right after this crazy period, this absolute manic, fearful period where I went, no, hang on. I really need to set some boundaries. And I, I was on holiday thinking, okay, I don't want my business to look like that. I don't want to work 14 hours a day. Mm -hmm. What do I want it to look like? And I went, yep, I want four clients at two and a half thousand dollars a month because that gives me 10K income. And then I'll be able to, like, this is the irony of it. I thought, well, then I'll be able to manage them all and I'll be able to manage the workload and I'll be able to do it all myself and I don't need to outsource anything. And that'll be just all wrapped up, you know, a beautiful little package wrapped up with a little bow around it that I can control. <laughs> um, and and I, I realized that I am not in control anyway. <laughs> you know, with all this stuff that happened with the clients that pulled out on me, I just went, oh, I am not in control. I have no control over this. Mm -hmm. What I do have control over is how I show up every day and what I keep my mind open to. Because it's this old you know, when you believe, when you're attached to the form of something, you block yourself from experiencing maybe something that's way better than that. But I was coming from a place of fear. And I think maybe there's a little bit of fear of success as well in there because I, I realized, okay, so this little neat little package that I was trying to wrap it up in, that is me staying stagnant. That is me saying, this is all I can handle and this is all I want. And this is what, you know, this is predictable, but growth is unpredictable and being open to opportunities coming my way that I don't necessarily plan on. That's unpredictable. So there was a, there was a bit of a journey for me in going from, I have this very neat, like I want four clients at two and a half thousand dollars. And then bam, my whole, like my whole foundation gets pulled out from mm -hmm. under me mm -hmm. and I have to learn that. I am a conduit for this to flow through and I am just going to be open to see what opportunities come my way and trust that when they do come my way, that I will have the resources and the ability to manage it and to cease it. And also that means that when the opportunities come and come, I also have the ability to then pour blessings into other people's lives by bringing them into my business and making them a part of it and enabling them to earn money through me and enabling them to learn through me. And so that was a complete, like complete shift from having this neatly tied up package that I can fully control to just being like, okay, I'm curious to see where it's going to come from. And I'm curious to see how I'm going to manage it. Yeah. And you were talking about there as, as you're, as you're starting to bring people on your team. 
Yeah, 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 exactly. I realized that that little neat little package that I created for myself excluded any form of uh, bringing people onto my team because I thought, well, you know, then I have to train them and then I have to manage them. And that just sounds too hard. That doesn't, doesn't fit the mold of my little neat package. But now I'm shifting my perspective to, well, no, if I bring the right person on, then they're going to add so much value to this and they're going to bring so many good things to this. And yes, they'll be managing and they'll be, you know, dealing with people stuff, but that's cool because I got this. Which aligns with your vision of helping online business owners who are having a bigger impact, you know, you know, course creators and so forth who are having a a, a big impact on the world because the more that you can help them get results for the, you know, with, with their ad campaigns, the greater impact that they can have. They can have. And that's what I love about what I do is every time I bring a client on board, I really dig what my clients do. I really like, I'm really into what they do. And I love seeing, you know, the live event go so well. And there's being, you know, there's 20 people whose lives just changed because of what the client did or the webinar going so well. And there's a thousand new people that joined the program that's teaching them to do whatever it is that the client does. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And it, it, it gives me such a sense of purpose. It's this whole concept that I like to call ripple effect. So for me personally, I Mm. love teaching ad managers because I Mm. get to help them create a better business and thus a better life. And then they are helping their, just like you're talking about right now, Mm. they're helping their clients do the Mm -hmm. same thing. And so the ripple effect for me is that, you know, I'm able to help all those other people by helping the ad managers. And you're talking about the same thing here where, you know, your business is growing, but then you're also helping your client's business grow. And then they are helping the people that, you know, that they're helping, you know, it's just this ripple effect of, 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 um, you know, of service and caring and helping people grow their businesses and, and grow their, grow their lives. Absolutely. And isn't that why we're here? You know, that's just, that's why we're here. That's why we're on this planet is to help each other and lift each other up. Now, I want to start to wrap up here, but I mentioned we we talked a little bit before about this whole concept of swagger. And this is something I talk about a lot with ad managers is that I want to get an ad manager as quickly as possible to this, having this, what I like to call Mm. this level of swagger, where if you're, you know, if you're talking to a potential client, let's just say, you're not selling them because if you're selling a potential mm-hmm. client, you're doing it wrong. That's, that's what yeah. very much what I believe. If you're yeah. talking to that client though, and you know, they are, you know what, they're like, you know what, I don't want to pay what you're asking, or, you know, I don't think that you can get these results from me or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be, whatever their rationale is. Yeah. Cool. You know, you've, yeah. you've done your job as, as the, you know, positioning yourself as the expert, you're letting them know what the value is and working with you and the the opportunity that exists to grow their business with Facebook. And if Mm -hmm. they don't want it, cool, you're on to the next one because everything we've been talking about here, there's going to be other people lined up to work with you that are more energizing to you. It's not trying to convince that business to work with you. And so this whole concept of swagger ties into everything you've been talking about here today. Salome in that you're like, you know what, if, this per- if this person doesn't want to work with me, cool. I'm on to the next one. And yeah. can, you, can you talk about how that you know how you how you view that now in your business? This whole concept of swagger. 
Yeah. So I now, like now I have this belief that money comes and comes, but I also have proof of it in my business. I have proof that I have a consistent stream of leads. I have people referring people to me. I have people reaching out from Amy's Facebook group. There's, you know, I, I get, I get people are talking about me and referring people to me. And so I have a consistent stream of leads, which helps me. I mean, that is the external thing again, but it helps me have that certainty that if, if someone crosses my path and they feel that we are not a hundred percent a match, I'm totally cool with that because I have another conversation with someone else lined up next week. Yeah. You got to this point or, or you get to this point by getting results for your clients yeah. and showing up for your clients as you've been talking about here and showing yeah. up as a person, just the person that yeah. you're being, how you've been talking about here today. That's what gets you to the point where you have people referring, you know, business to you. You know, we were just yeah. talking about before, like you potentially have somebody new, you know, to be working with and they're already yeah. like referring people to you yeah. before they've even started working with you. I mean, exactly. you've gotten to that point because of all these things that you're talking about here today. Exactly. Yeah. So all these things work together and they do snowball to the point where you go, well, now it's, it's kind of, yeah, I can have swagger because I have this constant stream of leads, but that's constant stream of leads took me, it took me six months to build that up. Yeah. You know, even with me being in Amy Porterfield's group, which is amazing. And even with all that stuff, it still took me six months to build up this constant stream of leads. I, at one point around March this year, I closed the doors. I said, I'm not taking on any more clients. And I, which was, which was a mistake because that was part of my little neat little package that I was trying to create. <laughs> mm-hmm. I closed the doors and I made sure everyone knows the doors are closed. And I, I had to, I, it took me, I, I, I want to say it took me four months, three months to get back to a point where I have a consistent stream of leads because I closed it off back then. But yeah, it's, it's something that you show up in service of other people you add value, like wherever you can add value. There are, there are so many entrepreneurs that I'm thinking like online marketers that have Facebook groups or that needs Facebook ads advice. So, you know, my advice to any Facebook ads manager who wants to build a constant stream of leads is just find people you can serve, find people where you can offer your time or your expertise to their community for free and do it consistently for six months and you will be swagger all day, every day. <laughs> You'll have the swagger. You'll have the swagger. You'll have the swaggers. Yeah. So I want to, I want to wrap this up here, but I want to, I want to finish off with one question. And what would you say to new ad managers? So whether it's somebody who is just starting out growing their Facebook ads business or they're, you know, they've already started and maybe they're kind of, you know, in that phase where you were, where you're working with a bunch of different types of clients but you're still trying to find your footing. You're, you're, you haven't created anything near where you really, what you really want to create. What would you say to that new ad manager who is struggling to create their best, you know, Facebook ads business that is best for them? What would you say to that person? I would say to them, this is the best opportunity you've ever had. And it's not a matter of if it's going to work. It's a matter of when it's going to work. So get some urgency in your recruitment of clients. Don't take rejection personally. 
get as much experience as you can as fast as you can because it's not a matter of if it's going to work it's a matter of when and you get to choose whether this is going to take you five years or three years or 18 months or six months you get to choose that because this works it works well and there's a massive market it's not easy but you get to choose how long it takes you for this to work love it I want to make sure that people can connect with you. So if there are any, I know there's your ideal customers who are listening to this podcast right now. What's the best place for people to connect with you? Uh, the best place for people to connect with me is on Instagram. Just send me a DM on Instagram. I am salome.shellac. And gosh, I hope you link that up in the show notes because I, I will but go ahead and spell it for people. <laughs> so my first name is Salome, S-A-L-O-M-E, and then dot shellac, S-C-H-I-L-L-A-C-K. And awesome. um, yeah, so they can or they can find my website is Shine and Succeed, which is a lot easier than Salome Shellac. Shineandsucceed.com. Shineandsucceed.com. And or DM you on Instagram. You're at yes. salome.shellac. Yes. Perfect. And I'm on, on Facebook as well. And I can just search for either of those and I will come up. Okay, cool. I'll be sure to link all that stuff for you in the, uh, in the show notes for the episode here today. Salome, as I mentioned before we got going here, I knew a few different directions where I wanted to go with this, but this went in the most amazing direction here for this, for this chat about your business. I am so proud of the business that you have built and are building and continuing to build and really excited to have you back on, you know, yeah. six months from now to update yeah. everybody, uh, you know, where you're at in your business at that point. So thank you again for yeah. coming on. You're welcome, Rick. Thank you so much for having me. And I really, I really want to hear from people if this is useful to them, if this helps them, because this is just coming from my heart and it's an honor to share it. All right. So I've got a question for you. Do you know what your Facebook ads superhero superpower is? I put together a fun short quiz for you that's designed to give you a solid Facebook ad strategy and a custom cheat sheet full of tips and tricks that most marketers miss. It'll literally take you like 30 seconds to do the quiz. And this quiz is going to help you find your particular superhero superpower when it comes to Facebook ads. And this isn't your average BuzzFeed style quiz. As fun as it is finding out which Charlie and the Chocolate Factory child you would be, I wanted to create something that's fun and valuable and aligns with what I think is a lot of fun because a good quiz should be all of those things. And since Facebook ad strategies can vary from industry to industry, right? I created the quiz as a tool to give you an easy solution to get better results based on the type of business that you run. So just go to rickmulready.com forward slash quiz to take that superhero superpower quiz when it comes to Facebook ads. Again, the link is rickmulready.com forward slash quiz to take the quiz. All right. Hope you got a ton out of today's talk here with Salome. As always, thank you so much for listening to the show. Really appreciate it. Coming up in the next episode, I'm going to be diving into a question that I get all the time. How do I hire a Facebook ads manager to run my ads? So I'm going to be sharing with you, breaking it down step by step, how to hire a Facebook ads manager to run your Facebook ads. So until then, keep testing your paid traffic to find out what works for you and your business and then do more of what's working. And I'll see you in the next episode. 
don't worry. There's more of RFP traffic coming soon. If you can't wait for more incredible digital marketing strategies, head over to rickmulready.com. We'll see you next time. Do you want to avoid the seven biggest mistakes that burn through course creators' ad money? I see these over and over and over again, and I put them together in a mini email series. This is not fluff. Each of the seven mistakes, I also have a recorded video tutorial showing you inside of Facebook Ad Manager how to fix those mistakes. This is good, solid, and it will save you money or help you make more money with your Facebook ads click down in the show notes below. You'll see the link and you can go download it right now for free.